When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, before we jump back in, does it, I, I wrote down? I think I remember three of the four my crew member <laughs> names. Is that Danthony, Diffany, Dyler? And then I don't remember Dyson. the last one I said. Yeah, Dyson. Dyson. I feel like Dyson unvoiced. <laughs> like like the vacuum. Yes. Silent. <laughs> also, Acheron has okay. like a surplus of D names right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we, just did, we just did an all, like a whole R run. So now we're on yes. D. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. D'Anthony, Diffany, Dyler. Holy shit. <laughs> I kind of think, especially because night has fallen, probably the the oil massage circle outside has like kind of tapered off and it's about time for people to start heading back inside because very soon Jonnet and Zana are going to be breaking off with, with their group to head into the woods and commence this hunt. Jonnet has probably, as the, the sun's gone down, Jonnet's probably like, made uh, a cup of like his his favorite tea it's got a little, like a little cinnamon in it he's just kind of kind of trying to like stay cool stay calm he's pointedly trying to not make eye contact with zana uh hmm. in these in the last couple like hour or so and he's just like getting his mind right and i guess he turns over to to douglas and he's like uh hey dad um any word this year about like the number of turkeys out there up for grabs. I don't know if they had any scouts again. Things have changed a little bit. Um, we had a an issue with the the. You remember Agnes, the my Griffin, my mm-hmm. Griffin chicken. Well, she's not here anymore. We had an mm-hmm. issue with the turkeys. They broke in um, a big thing. So we've we've had to push a lot back. Um, other than that. It, nothing's really different it's just that's that's a big issue um john dad yeah no it's fine how i'm sorry to change the subject but how how has your experience been with this captain oh so we're assuming that they're they're sort of pulled off to the side yeah yeah. oh that's what yeah i was assuming okay yeah zana's just doing like dead hangs in the door frame (sighs) <laughs> like yes. making eye contact every time, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, <laughs> just trying. Wow. 
13. It's really impeccable <laughs> for <laughs> Truly. I could do this all night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I didn't mean to change it like that. I just, I need to talk to you before yeah, you leave. Yeah. yeah. Or um, before things, yeah. I think they go into, I feel like they go into Jonnet's room and like, and then we we establish that like Jonnet's room is also Zana's room. They both lived in the same room growing up, oh. um, and so he's like, "What? Um, the captain's great. It was it was kind of weird coming onto the ship because there was um, uh, man, how do you summarize? Um, the captain is sort of getting his body back, and that's kind of been." Uh, you know, you might have noticed he's a little a little jerky sometimes, but he's working on it. It's good. Um, what, what do you mean getting his body back? He was dead for a minute, dead for dead for a little a little bit, but not fully dead. Not fully dead. Like he was his, you know, his body was uh, being held together with, um, you know, necromancy. Um, but he got it back, and he's back in there. He's back in there. Um, it's just like he's just. You know, when you you die, you, you know, you, you get stiff. And so he's kind of like working through the stiffness. Um, but he's still all captain, all veil. Um, and yeah, he's he's really. Um, well, I kind of got into the captain's, uh, you know, council when he kind of wasn't really didn't have his full facilities there. So but once he got back, he he's, he let me stay. So he's he's really he's really making space for. For me in the in the, in the crew. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Johnny, and he's gonna put both his hands on your shoulders, and just look like like lower himself to look directly in your eyes. Don't trust him too much. Always stay on guard. I feel like t- Johnny was just told down is up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, it's cool, all right? It's Captain Oromar Vale. He's, he's risked his life, well, he's risked his body so many times for for me, for the crew. You got, you got nothing to worry about, Dad. Just, look, I think you, uh, I'm glad you think you know him, but everybody has things they don't particularly share and maybe some things in his past that you don't you may not know about but just just promise me that you won't get complacent Jonet kind of like looks very pointedly at his father and just dad what are you saying there's a knock at the door like he goes to open his mouth to say something and then that knock God we'll talk about this. I'm going to go for more Foley. <laughs> <laughs> These doors are so soft. It's just like, what if you going to be a baby them? issue? But no, no, no. The cardboard box needs to return. Um, <laughs> no, I tried. I tried getting another knock. Very damp where so, they are. It's so hard to get this full. Casey, you're just going to have to. You're going to have to drop in because normally that was that always on box. the table. As as if Casey doesn't have a folder labeled door sound. <laughs> <laughs> I normal. I try to. I try to spare Casey. Wherever, wherever possible. Oh fuck! I'm exhausted. Zana, I, I feel like it, it's best for you to answer it. All right, uh, Zana uh, drops down 
from the dead hang, like shakes her arms out, strides over to the door, uh, pulls the little curtain where the a little glass to uh, see through, check out who it is. Can I make out if this person is tall enough to like reach the eye hole? Or I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this in Tyler's hands. Tyler, how tall is Hip? I feel I always imagined Hip was like. Wait, how how tall is Douglas? Because I imagine Hip being Douglas tall. is 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I feel like he's like right there with Douglas. Like they they are towering figures. John, it just knows giant people and tramps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truly. Everyone's tall. Everybody right? in his life is above six feet tall, and then there's Travis. Yeah, well, I'm about to be the biggest turkey he's ever seen. So, <laughs> <laughs> you are already that. <laughs> So I guess uh, as uh, Zana looks through like the eye hole and just sees just neck, because that's how tall this person is. I know exactly who it is. I fling open the door. Hip, you're here. Tyler, describe for me what Hip looks like. And, and importantly, what what do you think Hip's voice sounds like? Because we have so many guests on this show. I'm not going to be able to bring in another voice actor for Hip. I did always imagine Hip as a black man, but you know, let me let me know what does Hip look like. I think Hip is like he is. I mean, he's 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 tall. He's very thin. He's very tone. I think he's got like the same satchel like over the top of his over his shoulder. I think it's always like it's cinched up taller like more up his side than like anybody almost like a fanny pack like mm-hmm. over his side and like he that's just kind of like his 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 way um he's got like a little bit of like a soul patch he's got longer he's got a like a, a good af good sized afro sideburns that are more grown out than they should like for style but like <laughs> that's just the way hip does it are they are they wild or are they like like trim? They're pretty wild. They're pretty wild. All right, all right. I feel like they are Jet in Cowboy Bebop. Like uh, his yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so I think he's like a <laughs> like a like a big booming voice. <laughs> all right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm imagining David Allen Greer. I mean, <laughs> uh, oh, David Allen Greer is like his uh, his voice is he's got such a gentle presence. I love I love that man. Um, <laughs> yeah, booming. Yeah. yeah, and I I think that's like like all of his clothes are were once very nice and like pristine but i think he picked them up like secondhand off of somebody off of like his travels and he's like i'll take that (laughs) it looks better on me and like (laughs) that's just how he's always carried himself and so yeah i think even even like the way that i would describe like hip and like the air around hip is just like buoyant and bubbly it's like it's like very welcoming all together i even think that the knock on the door case this is for you it has like a very <laughs> signature knock it's not just like knock 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 it's like knock na, knock 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 or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck i'm exhausted I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like, I think everything about this this person's look 
like says windswept, says traveler. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we see Zana and Oromar that have like hair that is decorated with gold and jewels and whatnot. Hip is the sort of person who's like decorating themselves with like baubles and feathers and like random trinkets and bits. It's not finery. It's just like unique wild things that you would discover on your travels as a skyjack moving across the world of Sphere. I also, I picture this person with a gold tooth. I, I think <laughs> this is someone who's who's maybe their time in the sky, because it's been so much longer than Jonathan and Zana's, has, has been a bit harder. So, like, I think Hip probably has one leg and has, like, like a peg leg or, you know, a prosthetic in place and, like, w- walks in a way that, like, where's that prosthetic where they walk with, like, a swagger? Like, yeah. um... It's 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 big, it's grand, and like this prosthetic calls attention to the fact that it's a prosthetic. It's it's nice looking. It's got like a silver tip. Um, yeah, exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So the door opens. There's still some light in the sky from the sun that has disappeared behind the horizon, and the moon is up in the sky, big and bright. Uh, You can see, even like with, with the lamps in the streets, the clear light around hip. Excuse me, ma'am. I used to know a beautiful baby girl who lived here. Oh, that's me. I'm still, I'm still beautiful. I'm still a baby. Hi. <laughs> you come here. Um, and Hip like scoops you up in his arms and like tosses you up to be like carrying you. Like you're a 14 year old girl at this point. You're too big for anyone to do this who is not hip sized. <laughs> hip like pulls you up and carries you inside. Well, hello, Kesslers, and happy birthday, Gobble Knot. <laughs> <laughs> a good gobble knock to you, sir. I love it so much. Oh man! I was genuinely uh, wondering when somebody would turkey call out, and I was just—it's got to be a thing. Yeah. It's got, yeah. It oh, was going to be opening and closing ceremonies <laughs> and <laughs> spur out throughout. Oh, that's great! Aren't you excited? Jonnet, Hip is here. Who Jonnet currently can't see. Mm. Oh. So you can't see Hip? Is it like magically impaired? Yes. Or um, mm. in order to defeat because the, of the third in eye? In order to defeat the Mariner in like an earlier thing, uh, it, it, the way magic works in this world, like pretty much anybody can do a magic spell uh, if they want, uh, but you can increase the power of your spells and whatnot by like offering sacrifices um mm-hmm. like you go if if i get the power to do this i will sacrifice you know x and that can be like spilling a bit of blood cutting off some of your hair uh or in Jonnet's case facing like this terrifying sea god trying to save like a city of people Jonnet is like i'm gonna sacrifice my memories of hip who is this family friend who like, you know, spent all this time. It was something he did in a real like moment of pressure and it ended up saving the city. But like now Jonnet is not even aware that hip was ever a person in his life. And whenever he tries to remember it, it's like TV static. So I just clambered up on a, like in, in yeah. midair. 
I mean, so you just saw me leap into the air and suspend. See, is, tell me, how is your brain justifying space? this? What's what's happening now, Johnny? I don't, oh, man. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just like this. There is, if we were to see, look through Jonet's eyes, I think the the space that hip occupies is like if you were to, <laughs> if you were to like put footage of hip taking in like in a shot and then put it into After Effects and then like paint him out, like it would be the background, but it'd be kind of like a little warbly. Mm. And I think then what uh, Rashawn said, like, gets lifted up and it's just kind of like just there and i think with that Jonet walks up to zana and it's just like zana you do magic now you do air magic what's what's get quit showing off i'm i'm not no i this hold on can you put me down please for for a moment are you sure you don't want to go flying i can take you flying Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I start like Superman. Yeah, around. that's right. I'm She's like, got air magic, Jonet. Damn it, Hip. Can you can you not break anything in my house? Okay, okay, can we, we'll settle can down. We, okay, all right, but, can we just stop indulging Zana for like one second? I I get it. You're you're okay, a hot shot now. I and I get it. You're about to lose a turkey hunt, and you're trying to like get into my head psychologically by negating the person that's here. There's nobody here. Just come down, and then we can- I throw a blanket over her hip. Ooh. Jonet, it's like, there's nobody- And then he kind of, like, just takes in, I think, like, the blanket is, like, a little bit more, like, puffy at the at the top, and then, like, clearly had, like, hits shoulders, and then, like, probably stops, like, you know, waist size, and he just kind of takes in- what is happening? Yeah, Jonet, inside your brain, like, and, and inside your spirit, too, there is this battle happening right now. It is not unlike dealing with a phantom limb. It just extends to memory. There is something that your brain and, and your heart knows is there, but you simply cannot perceive it. You can't feel it. And this is something that, you know, came to you before. You've thought about hip and you felt your brain kind of like slide over the thought, like something that is moving on a non-stick surface. It just moves and glides over it, filling in the gaps around it to make something that makes sense to you. You thought about the map, you thought about the feather in your past and receiving them. And you know someone gave these things to you, but in the end of the day, it, it kind of seemed like that someone wasn't important. At least that's what you justified to yourself until you went on your journey with Teacher Way. Receding into your memories, being able to see them in front of you as though you were living them again, you saw the absence of this person, this silhouette now that is defined by the blanket. You know that that absence is there. It touches you. Uh, There is heartbreak in losing someone. And you are aware that you have suffered a monumental loss, but 
you can't even begin to remember the shape of it. Yeah, I think Jonnet is, I think, struck with a similar feeling to being kind of in the the pocket space with Teacher Way, and can't can't picture, can't place the the person, but can place like the static and like does like the the calculus in his head and was like, well, the static before was kind of this high and like kind of this like small, but like the shoulders kind of felt fall in the same spot and like this feeling of misplacing like your your car keys and like you just like I it's I know it's it's here and I think we we see Jonnet kind of he he is like gesturing to the space that is like hip as like I, I what who is this <laughs> okay I see and hip is like finding his way out of the blanket I see everybody's got jokes today and that's good because you're gonna need them when you're out there on that hunt oh wait can Jonnet hear him I, I was gonna ask that. yeah I don't think so i think you can like hear static yeah there's like this this hiss of an absence that fills the room the silence is loud yeah it's zana is kind of taken aback of like how could you not remember this person who like was so a part of our lives even before you know you took off for your own stuff and it makes me think like maybe he's just, maybe he's going deaf and i'm thinking i have some sort of what of my mechanical tools like do i have like a, a sonic ear or something of that nature <laughs> like how could you like he must be going blind and deaf at this point i i need and i think i think he's he kind of like turns to kind of everyone in the room and kind of more or less pleads like i need someone to tell me what is in front of me who is in front of me? Johnny, that is hip. What do you, what do you, what do you act? You have, you've only been gone a year. You've known this man almost your entire life. Stop playing around. Dad, I'm not playing around. I, I swear to you, I, I don't even. S- and then I think like out of trying to be like sensitive to what might be, whatever might be in front of him. He kind of like leans in. I, I don't, I don't see anything. Can the very old folks like me and Travis, can we kind of tell the signs of someone who's done a sacrifice, mm. a magic sacrifice? Knowledge adventuring, mm-hmm. folks. I will yeah. not roll. I will not roll. I will not do this. I, well, you roll. will. I, I've been. I, I've oh, Travis the, isn't in the room. Yeah, I was going to say, is, I will not roll because I am not here. We'll get to Travis soon. We'll get Knowledge, to Travis soon. Uh, I've, I've assumed we've been like uh, sitting politely in the kitchen while there's been family <laughs> stuff going on in the living room this entire time. But as the conversation has gotten more and more heated, we've there's been a like, little bit more like concern looks between. <laughs> okay, well, you know, um, clearly, clearly, John is upset. So, like, uh, you know, both of us are like, oh, we should probably. Yeah make sure they're okay and it's not just like a silly family argument uh, or something more serious so uh yeah what's the... knowledge adventuring did you say which is yeah not or, or maybe have... knowledge knowledge forbidden whichever Ooh, is better for i'm you. much better i have two so... in knowledge adventuring and uh i've not i'm not ancient 
but we've been around. Magic is the thing we've encountered. uh, It will be a hard check, and Gable, because Gable is ancient, will Mm. get a blue die. A blue die for me? Uh, That's three three purples. Uh And you know what, Rajan, we'll we'll say that uh, actually... both the uh, yeah well I, I'm gonna roll for for both Douglas and for Zana because there is a chance that mm. they might have seen something like this. I want to I want to say around. as uh, as John it says like whispers that he can't see him. Mm. Douglas's head is just gonna whip straight towards Oromar, <laughs> and he's just oh. gonna start walking towards him. Mm, hold on. Well, let's oh. see. Is it, oh, yeah. is it advancing James. on me? Let's see if I understand. James, is it three? What is hard? It's three purples? Three, three purples, <laughs> yeah. Neither Douglas or Zana would know what this is. Uh, you both did roll a threat. So if you want to have a wrong idea about what could be going on, uh, mm. that's totally acceptable. Perfect, because that's that, that would feed into why I'm heading towards Oromar. Mm-hmm. Liz, how did Gable do? Yeah, I got a I threat, a success, and a triumph. Oh, dang! Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. I just got a single success. Gable, you know a lot about this because you have done something similar from the other direction. We flash back to one of the many times in your past where you met Travis Matigo. This time around an Illimat table in the sacred glade of the Forest Queen. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. We're going to get things started off with a radvertisement. This one comes to us for the RPG for You and Me podcast. RPG for You and Me is a duet actual play podcast in an original science fantasy world. It's edited for your pleasure, character-driven, narrative-based, and the hosts have a lovingly wholesome dynamic. For their main story, Neon Heat, join Athena Sedaris as she unravels a conspiracy in the heart of her home, a neo-noir subterranean city. Enjoy the synthwave-scored action and slice of life as she delves into intrigue with the help of a spectrum of helpful friends, nebulous allies, and devastatingly bombastic villains. Listen to RPG for You and Me's main show, Neon Heat, on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher and also at rpgforyouandme.com. You can also join their Discord community through their lowest tier on Patreon over at patreon.com slash rpgforyouandme. Folks, variety is what you need out of life. And Skyjax is good, Skyjax is wonderful, but it is a fantasy podcast. Sometimes you need to dip your toes into science fantasy, and this show sounds like it's just what the doctor ordered. A huge thank you to RPG for You and Me for sponsoring us this week. And I hope everyone goes out and gives them a listen. Heroes, our friends over at the World Builders Charity are still in the middle of their mid-year Geeks Doing Good fundraiser, which means you have the opportunity to pick up brand new and extremely cool Skyjacks merchandise that is not sold anywhere else. The Geeks Doing Good drive finally has all of our Skyjacks merch up and you can purchase it all right now. 
We've got two new designs for our line of character bandanas. This year, we added Gable and Dref to our existing designs for Travis and Jonnet. We also have a Heartroot Tea temporary tattoo design. We reached out to Justin Langill, who designed all of our bandanas, and asked him to come up with a silhouette for Heartroot. And the result is absolutely beautiful. In fact, there were two versions of it that were so beautiful, we could not choose between them. So we decided to print both. These temporary tattoos are going to be gold foil, so they should show up and look really cool on any skin tone imaginable. And you get both designs in one 3-inch by 6-inch sheet. I am so proud of the way they came out, and I hope people really love them. Finally, we've got patches for Skyjack's Courier's Call. Camilla Stark designed two patches for both the Swiftwell Courier Service and Red Audrin. So if you're a big fan of Courier's Call and you've got a messenger bag or jacket or backpack or anything that needs some patches, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. These are iron-on designs that'll come in at two and a half inches. Folks, by the time this airs, there are only going to be two days left in this fundraiser. This won't be your last opportunity to get these products. Usually when we have leftovers, they're sold through the World Builders Marketplace store. However, this is your last opportunity to get them at a discount. After the fundraiser, they go up to full retail price. So if you want the bandanas, the tattoos, or the patches, this is your best opportunity to get them. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Eric Mond. Thank you. Rough Belly. Thank you so much. Alex Becker. Thank you. Diedrich Baumgartner. Thank you so much. George Banks. Thank you. Essie Ruth. Thank you very much. Cub Cubby Cub Mo, thank you so much. Cornelia, thank you. Devin McGillwraith, thank you. Leonardo Seraphim, thank you so much. Cairo Steele, thank you. Sonny Kibo, thank you so much. Jonathan, thank you very much. And Abe Scorson, thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This wraps up this round of backer names. If you backed before February 2nd of 2022 and haven't heard your name yet, or you heard a name on air that you think might be yours but I got it wrong, or if your name has changed since you last submitted it, you can always reach out to us through the message feature on Patreon to get that corrected. Otherwise, if you backed after February of 2022, you can look forward to hearing your name in the next batch. A huge thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without you, we would not be able to make this show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now then, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Travis, a young man, a cocky man, that night, had been running the table, winning hand after hand, claiming ocus after ocus. And you remember him picking up an ocus. And you know, in a sense, 
what that ochus is supposed to represent. But even now, thinking of it, it's like someone did surgery with a shotgun. It was very, very messy work. You know, you traded something away, something important, and it was to keep yourself safe. And now, confronted with a similar situation, you remember the details, that they are fleeting. It's hard to make your mind stick to it. But with the triumph, you can hold firm. And this will represent both the triumph and the threat. You remember why you went to the forest glade of the forest queen. You remember what you were trying to do, how you were trying to protect yourself in that moment. You lost in that game a thing that you intended to lose. Your name. The one given to you in heaven. You lost the name that now you can't remember. And it went into the hands and pockets of Travis Madigo. Pardon? <laughs> Uriel. <laughs> you are not called Uriel from that moment on. You remembered yourself only as the name that you gave yourself and gave to Travis when you first fell to Earth. You remember yourself as Gable. But during that game, you lost the name Uriel a name that you can't remember now, but you know that not having that name means you cannot be perceived. That eyes in heaven cannot see you because they know you as Uriel and by no other name. Fantastic. Gable is going to very quickly, like, okay, got that information, and then very quickly move to Jonnet and sort of go eye to eye. Jonnet, are you not feeling well? Do you want to go outside? I, I, I want, I want to, I want to, I want to go outside. I want to go, I need air. And Gable eyes the captain, like, because I think they know that the captain knows what's going on and says, Mm -hmm. like, you should probably tell them what's happening because there's really no denying it understood in the intervening time of sitting in the kitchen Oromar has had the time to go and get some water and some bits and pieces so sloshing slightly he's in the position to actually speak verbally which is kind of important <laughs> for what well, this this kind of level of weight of conversation now just what the hell is going on in here um you your name is uh hip correct hip nods yes what seems to have occurred here is that and you can well this elegant explanation is happening i do think douglas you can interrupt this with oh, yeah. some force oh, oh mm-hmm. don't worry i'm 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 just waiting because he's walking towards <laughs> cool, him right cool. now mm-hmm. uh, he is aware of you and is kind of keeping an eye on you but doesn't stop you or like gesture but is just speaking directly to to hip what appears to have occurred here is that Jonathan kessler has decided that there was something so important that he needed to do he was willing to make a sacrifice to make it. What kind of a sacrifice? What are you talking about? At that point, he's gonna he makes it to Oromar and just kind of grabs him by the 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 shirt and just as he's gonna try and slam him against the wall. 
<laughs> I don't know if Ormar's. Yeah, you know, I know Ormar's. I mean, like I'll make Ormar's three inches shorter. Three yeah. inches shorter than than Douglas. This is interesting. Mm, I mean, I have and, a. There's a resistance. There's like a physical resistance roll, and I can't remember where it is on the sheet. I don't roll it very often. I wouldn't be able to find it on those sheets either. Resilience. So. There we go. Resilience. It's a long list of skills. So there is actually, a, you know, a, a specific a skill for resilience. Then this would be against Douglas's like athleticism, which mm-hmm. I'm going to put. It's going to be the three red dice. So I, I fail, but I have a triumph and an adv- and two advantages. I think is how that evens out. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's what I will say for for the failure. Doug Doug is able to pick you up and mm-hmm. and press you against the wall. Like you can feel it or you are aware of it happening to your body. Mm-hmm. And uh, bees, I'll give you a moment. Please describe like what Douglas looks like in this moment. Yeah, the 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 you know the the stoic yet kind face that he's you know given everyone so far is just full of rage, and he is breathing heavily, clenching his jaw very tightly. And he is just as on edge as possible. As time has gone on f- since John had arrived, he has been losing more and more of that calm and collective facade. So at this point, he is just furious. He picks up Oromar, slams him against the wall, and is just like, looks like he's on the verge of tears, but like that rage crying kind of thing. And I need you, James, to check the message I just sent you real quick. (laughs) So then, um, you know, he's got Ormar pinned up against the wall. And, I mean, not breaking eye contact, not blinking or anything. It's just, oh, I'm sure. I'm very sure he just so happened to give up something very important of his own accord. Isn't that right, Oromar? Douglas Kessler, if you keep pressing like that, you're going to break a rib. Oromar. At this, Hip draws a gun and levels it at Oromar. You wouldn't happen to be the pirate, Oromar. The captain, in a bid to try and be as human as possible, because Oromar is aware that while we're all being tough lads at the moment, uh, <laughs> trying to be human is probably going to use the situation. Playing a game a of bit. big boys. <laughs> Playing a game of tough lads. So it's a round of big boys. All right. <laughs> well, well, well. I, and to be honest, in the back of Aramar's head, is like, this is insufferable. But um, <laughs> tries to do the most human sigh that he can. Yes. Hip. I am. <laughs> Captain Oromar Vale of the Uhuru. Then you're in the wrong place. I don't think so. I am here because my uh, very well-respected crew member, Jonet Kessler, wanted to return to see his family. And us, his... Sorry. I'm weighing up here because I'm trying not to be shit. But all... Like... I I think Oromar would consider him yeah. family, but I know that would specifically mm-hmm. upset them, and Oromar's not trying to be difficult. <sighs> mm-hmm. mm. So, yeah, our crew member, respected crew member, Jonet Kessler, 
wanted to return to see his family and us who care very deeply for John at Kessler have returned to make sure that he made it here safely. In so far... Douglas, you just say the word. You just say the word. Hip, you cannot kill me in a way that matters. Hmm. <laughs> well, damn, Zana says <laughs> the other side of the room. Zana, please, please. I need you to leave. I need you to go outside. I need you to just make sure your brother stays out there, too. Xana's got like a furrowed look on her face. Now. Like, how dare you kick me? I'm leaving because I want to leave. She slams the door. Do you remember a ship called the Skywatcher? The ship called the Skywatcher. Indeed. And we travel back into Oromar's memory. You were young then, much younger than you are now. This is one of the first prizes you took, and a difficult prize at that. Mm. It was captained by a young woman at the time, who was around your age. She was brave, she fought hard, and there was a great struggle against her. But ultimately, you managed to subdue her crew. But of course, Oromar Vale has taken hundreds of prizes over his years. And the only reason that this one stands out in your memory at all is they said the name of the ship right there. And it happened to be one of your first prizes. So the entirety of the story is not one that you remember clearly. Hmm. I recall there was a lot of sword fighting, but unfortunately, my career of piracy is long and storied. I'm sorry if you may have uh, <laughs> lost someone as a result of the business that we deal in the skies. Oh, it's just business. It's just business, huh? Do you understand what your goddamn business has done and he's gonna, like, just kind of try and throw Oromar, and he's going to go for the Kusari Gamo. Hmm. Oromar catches the wall, so upon you kind of like throwing him into the wall, yeah. he kind of puts out a hand and props himself and uh, dusts off his jacket. Douglas Kessler, if you want to fight in here, we can, but I uh, have no real interest in doing so. We can continue to, um, well, lick old wounds, or we can both be there for a Skywatcher that we both care a lot about. Which would you prefer? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You, you think, you think, you think you can just... Doug, I don't know. <laughs> hold, hold on here, hold on here. You say lick old wounds. You act like this is just an infraction. Like you, you, you stole something from us. Or just, just broke something that was important to us you took his mother and you act like you give a damn about him don't play that with me you are only in this house right now because my boy is back home and it is a very special time for him once this event is done you get the hell out of my house you get the hell out of my town and so help me god Oromar if I see you again, 
one of us won't leave. I would like to cut over to Travis right now. (laughs) Travis, you exited this home earlier because... (laughs) You're about to you're about to fall into some old patterns that are familiar and so fun to you. You're about to pull a con. And that con is transforming into a big turkey. You walk out into the evening of Acheron. It is a pleasant summer night. Some of the the more intense heat of the day has gone away. There is enough humidity in this area that is riverside and enough of a breeze that the warmth is kept, but still managed and cooled by the wind. You can look around you at this colorful community built up with windmills. It is just a pleasant night, a pleasant evening. The grasses kind of sway around you in the beautiful evening light, and the moon starts to ascend in the sky. This is nearly a full moon. In perhaps a night or so, it will be at its peak. The moon and you have a difficult relationship because it belongs to her, not unlike you. And you can see out in the distance beyond the swaying grasses that surround Acheron, the forests, the trees that have grown up around the river. And part of you is vaguely aware that to do this hunt, you may have to stray near those forests. And your relationship with the forest has been evolving over 200 years. At times, it has been a friend to you and a shelter to you, the only shelter in a very cold and cruel world. And at times, it has chewed up and spat back that cold cruelty more severely than anything has ever struck at you. Now you look at it knowing deep in your heart, from the words of a luminary, from Rusalka's lips, there is a way to kill it, in one word or another. You are close to that. I want to know, contemplating being near the forest, contemplating the task ahead of you that is fun and the task ahead of you that, that could set you free, What's Travis feeling? What's he like? What's he doing? So I think, first of all, yes, falling into some some old fun habits. But one thing that is not an old habit is that Travis is learning from a mistake. And that mistake is trying to change into a crazy animal just doing it. So the first thing I want to do is I want to gather the necessary supplies to make change ET to make changing mm. easier. Hot root tea, right? I want, I want some Turkey insurance. <laughs> I love this. I love this a lot. Yeah. I think you start to prepare a batch of heart root tea for yourself and magic you know there there is ordered magic there is magic that is written about and and held in books but travis has been around long enough to know that 
real magic is magic that you find and create for yourself in the wild. It's something that is meaningful, but you build that meaning. And it has to mean something to you as you build it. So you walk around Acheron. Acheron is a community of not so much farmers. They, they do farm the, the livestock that they raise. But for the most part, these people are gathering wild things and milling those into useful items, which means there are many, many wildflowers and herbs that are growing in and around Acheron. Finding a patch of heartroot is not difficult. They have very distinctive white blooms that you need only dig a few inches below the earth to pull up its roots, the thick and gnarling points that are so reminiscent of a magnificent rack of antlers on a deer. You cut out some of these roots, but I would like to know what are the other ingredients, either herb or animal or, or whatever products that you would put into a tea that you use to transform into a turkey? Ooh, man. I mean, gosh, is is like a wishbone. I got to get a wishbone. Yeah. Yeah. That you can definitely like buy at like one of the, the stalls around Acheron for sure. Yeah. So there's the, the tea. There's the wishbone. Um... Oh gosh! Well, for big for bigness, I'm gonna need something for bigness too, because I don't just want to be a turkey. I want to be a big turkey. So maybe yeah. some maybe some of this this beefy griffin food, maybe oh, or or, yeah. or maybe something that's in it, because maybe I don't want to eat like straight up bird food or drink straight up bird food juice. But you know, <laughs> is it is it? Did we say that it's uh, something fatty in this food that makes them grow big? Maybe I'm gonna make some bulletproof heart root tea. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's like very. Uh, it's a blend of different things is, is what we know. What, what uh, Johnny is referring to is one of the specialties of Acheron, which is the Kessler family secret recipe. It is a blend of grains that, that have been milled and nuts and other things that can be found Acheron that turns into something that they, a, a basic patty that they feed the chickens. I think, did we decide that they were cooked or fried in some way? I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't think it was fried. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, they're just like formed up into these patties that it makes a very like high density calorie food that you would feed to griffins that will help them grow to, you know, whatever desired size. You mix in a little bit of the Kessler family secret recipe with whatever you're feeding your chickens. And if you feed enough of it, they'll be able to grow to the full 8.3 times their size. Or you can kind of fine tune it, get them to like, I just need a six foot tall turkey to, or chicken to, you know, pull pull some things around. Act as a beast. A burden on the farm. Yeah. Or I want a 20-foot hen so that I can kill it and have meat to cook for, you know, the year. It's kind of, you know, what whatever you want. But, like, yeah, grabbing, grabbing, like, buying a, a patty of that at one of the stalls or whatnot as, like, you go around collecting, I think is totally within your reach. Cool. And I, I think that the last thing... So I think part of making the tea is you... You know, you put it in like a cheesecloth, like you would, or you put all your shit in a cheesecloth mm -hmm. to to steep it. And I think that maybe like as I'm walking the stalls, you know, looking for like a patty of this, I walk by some sort of textile 
stall or shop and I happen to notice like in in the window there's just some like red string that catches my eye so I want to just grab some red string to use to tie up the cheesecloth so you're going to have to pay for that red string if you want to take the red string can't just take yeah, I know. I need to pay for. It. I was just exa- examining it, he and just when took I took it off the rack, and he also took one of my wishbones. Yeah, I'm gonna pay. I uh, thought if I you're paid not for... familiar with the customs of our area, we exchange goods and services for money. Yeah. Uh, it is a representative sort of currency uh, that that sort of you use to exchange for goods and. Uh, is any of this making sense? Yeah, you need I an know, explanation on, on I know how money and... works. I just thought that I get everything at all the stalls and I pay up front at, see, the, no, at it, the entrance to the market. So, see, it used to be that we changed valuable gold for uh, perhaps mm-hmm. a, a barter know. system for something mm-hmm. of equal value. Mm-hmm. But then we decided, what if we just made something that represented how much money you mm-hmm. actually had, the mm-hmm. value of perhaps a chicken, the value of perhaps a horse. Mm-hmm. So that we or indeed the, the value of, of the hours that you worked to accumulate that, 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 that money. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't expire, although there is inflation. So the value of currency can decrease over mm-hmm. time, though there's also deflation. So mm-hmm. a currency can actually become more valuable relative to other currencies mm-hmm. or goods, depending on how the market fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all over there doing the currency talk? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, yes. Come, God, come join I us. I love the currency talk. I'm, I'm coming over. We're just about to get into how we set this the man, price. This man doesn't know how money works. <laughs> how do you not know? Do you get I get embarrassed sim- about financials as well. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. You get the simple <laughs> idea of exchanging goods for money. It's simple Fantastic. trade-off. Yes. Supply and demand. I'm not sure where you're visiting from, but here in Acheron, we make sure that everyone is, is very uh, financially literate. It's very important See, skill to have. Macro 101 meets on Tuesdays. Micro 101 mm-hmm. meets on Thursdays. Run, fly, you fool. Get run, go. <laughs> the sign drops from the ceiling that says teaching money with Travis Matigan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Where I come from, we just poop in our little diapies and then we get whatever we want for free. So my apologies. I didn't know how your what's it called mubby words <laughs> that's fine so articulate from a little asshole aren't they yeah. <laughs> 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 I just love it children are the future the ugliest baby I've ever seen really disgusting <laughs> I'm not a baby I'm Ooh. this many Two hundred. All right, and move. Two hundred. That. <laughs> Skyjacks. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. 
Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like Character Creation Cast. Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and Ryan Bulletier create characters in multiple role-playing games with prominent guests from around the game's community. Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in depth in a different game with new guests each series. They always take the time to reflect on the game, its design, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great Session Zero every week. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku channel for free. Just search for The Shortlist, Summer. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash the Neoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists, and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. And once for our friends near to rise, twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.